0: Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, please email us at info at If you would like to support this ministry financially, visit us at capitalchristian.com and click the Give button in the top right corner. Amen. Are you excited to be here this morning? Happy Mother's Day to all of you beautiful moms out there. My children were the ones claiming I was 61 years old in that video. Do I look good for my age? I mean... Why was there a consensus amongst them? Why was I 61 to all of my children? I do not know. I am actually 37. I'm not 61. So i got to work on that with my kids. But that was such an awesome video. But I just want to say once again, happy Mother's Day to all of you beautiful moms. And I also want to encourage, if you are in the waiting season of being a mom, I know what it's like to be there. But can I assure you that God has a promise and a designated time for you. And the Bible says that everything is beautiful in its time. You know what I love about God is God doesn't see you right now. He sees you in the future, and he already sees you as a mom. So I want to celebrate not just the moms, but all women in this room. We, God loves you. He is proud of you. We honor you today. God is for you, and I'm telling you, good things are ahead, and we're going to talk about that today. And everybody said Amen. Amen. Before I jump into the word, I speaking of honoring women, I really want to honor someone really quickly today um, because she has this is a big week for her. We have she has her very first book, and I say first because it's the first of many coming out this Tuesday. It's my very own sister-in-law, Pastor Tracy Wilde. Can you stand for us? We have here the very first copy. I snagged it from her. This is the first copy of, well, I don't know, is it? This is your copy, so we're going to say it's the first. But this is what it looks like. So I want to encourage you. I'm telling you, I've read parts of this book already, and I like wept, and I couldn't get it out of my mind. It was so powerful. This book will change your life. It comes out in stores this Tuesday, and you can also purchase it already online at Amazon. It's going to be in Barnes. It's already in Barnes & Noble, so go to Barnes & Noble today and get it but let's just we're all we all need this book so can you say I'm gonna go get it this Tuesday I'm so so proud of her it's called find I forgot to say the title you can't read it it says finding the lost art of empathy and I'm telling you what this book will change your life so I want to make sure you go out and purchase it and everybody said amen Amen. Well, I'm so excited and and honored and humbled to be able to be up here speaking with you this morning. I never take this opportunity lightly. So, when Chris asked me to speak on Mother's Day weekend, I immediately began asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to speak on? This week, and you know we've been in this incredible series. When we first started up, we started in the giving up series, and how many of you were so blessed as we were in the Lent season leading up to Easter? We talked about giving up certain things. How many of you know that's a good thing? And we talked about giving up impatience. How many of you you said, "Yeah, I needed that word." I know that word was a game changer for me. But then after Easter, we started talking about taking up. We we took up generosity. We took up gratitude. How many of you were blessed last week as Pastor? Ken talked about taking up communion. You'll never look at communion in eating again. How many of you were so excited to go and eat after that incredible message? So I asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to take up this week? And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me, we're going to take up faith. I love talking about faith. Faith is my favorite thing to talk about. I get excited about faith. Why? Because God gets excited about faith. If you didn't know, faith is like the currency of heaven. Everything that we do in our relationship with God and in the kingdom of God is by faith. We do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. God loves faith. He's attracted to faith. He responds to faith. We see this as Jesus walked amongst the earth in the gospels. We see that Jesus was drawn to faith. He marveled at one man. He said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Every time I read that scripture, I'm like, God, let that be said of me. Because the Bible says in in Hebrews 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must come to him knowing that that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You must come to him knowing that he is God. But not only that he's God, but that he's a good God. You have to have that understanding when you come to him that he's not just God far off, but he is a good God. And he responds to faith. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that pleases God. I know God loves me. I know nothing I can do can separate me from God's love. And and I want you to hear that today. Nothing you can do can earn or separate you from God's love. He loves you no matter what. But I want to I live a life that pleases God, that puts a smile on his face. I know this even more now as a parent, right? It's like when you tell your children to do something, you know, you want them to, tr- I can't tell you how many times I say this to my kids, just trust me, trust me, I know what's best for you. I want to live a life that pleases God. So we're going to talk about faith this morning. We can't talk about faith without talking about Abraham. If you didn't know, Abraham is the father of our faith. Abraham was not perfect because, hello, he was human. But he did do one thing really well. He lived a life of great faith. And there's four things that I want to share with you today that I believe that Abraham did really well, enough to qualify him as the father of our faith. He is our example. So if you're like me and you say, I want to have great faith, let's grab a hold of these four things today. I truly believe the Holy Spirit told me that this week we're going to enter into a new dimension of faith. You know, before God gets ready to break out, before God gets ready to bring renewal, revival, healing, salvation, miracles, signs, and wonders, God always comes to increase the faith of his people first. Because the Bible says, according to your faith, so be it unto you. We know that Jesus himself, the Messiah, the King of Kings, could not do certain things because of a lack of faith. Why? Because God responds to faith. So I believe that God is getting ready to do something, not just in the life of this church, but in our city, in your family, in your body, in your finances. God wants to break out, but first he must increase our faith so that we can have faith to believe for what God wants to do. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at Romans 4 starting in verse 13. Before I get to that text, though, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever done one of those, like, I think they're called, like, the trust walks or something? It's like when you are partnered up with someone and you're blindfolded and you're fully dependent on the other person to navigate for you. Have you done that before? Has anybody ever done that? I'm not a big fan of those. Is anybody a fan of those little things? Or maybe like a trust fall? Has anybody ever done a trust fall before? True story, the first time as a camp counselor for junior high kids, I dropped my kid. I'm not even kidding, she fell back. Now, what were they thinking having junior hires catch a junior higher, right? I did my part, I caught her head, thank God, but her poor body fell to the ground. And so I'm not a big fan of trust. But I remember my first, uh, first day of junior high orientation. You know, junior high can be hard as it is, right? It can be like some kind of awkward, difficult years. And I don't know if they were trying to force community on us or something. You can't really force community. But I think they were trying to. So they came up with this clever idea to partner us up with each other people we didn't know, and to do this trust buddy walk, right? Well, not only that, they stuck us in the courtyard, cement courtyard, with stairs going up and down. Not a good idea, okay? It's hard to have your, it's hard to trust in someone that you don't really know, right? Trust is kind of built on relationship. So they partnered us up with these people, and I remember thinking, I'm not, I don't know this person, I'm not trusting them. So I remember I was trying to like peek through my, like my little bandana and I was kind of like stiff leg. She would tell me, go right. And I was like, Psh, I'm going to go left. You know, I was like, I was having a hard time trusting her and because probably of my resistance to trust her. I ended up. true story, tripping down the concrete steps. Welcome to junior high, you know, as if junior high is not not difficult enough. And so it was a pretty traumatizing time for me. I'm not a big fan of the buddy walks, but I was thinking back to that, and I'm like, you know what? It's kind of hard to, to trust someone if you don't really have a relationship with them, right? The same thing is true of God. If we don't have a right picture of who God is, If we don't have a good relationship with him, we're going to have a really hard time trusting where he tells us to go. Because how many of you know, we don't know what the future brings. We only see in part. God sees the big picture. The Bible says that we can make our plans, but God directs us our steps. He is leading us, and we are all on a faith journey. We are walking by faith. I was on a walk with my daughter the other day, and it was raining, and so I was trying to figure out how to push her in the stroller and hold an umbrella at the same time. So I got creative, and I stuck the umbrella in the back of my coat, and I thought, I got this. I'm like, yes, I can do it. Multitask, and I started walking, and I quickly realized I couldn't see very far in front of me because I had an umbrella. I was taking, I can't even talk, an umbrella guarding part of my sight so I couldn't see very well. And so I relied on my daughter and I said, okay, wait. I'm dependent on you, girl. you got to navigate us. you got to tell me if there's a bump in the road ahead. you got to tell me when to stop or if a car is coming. And she was like, okay, Mom, I got it. No, don't worry. I love my daughter. I have a great relationship with her. But she is five, so I didn't fully trust in her navigation skills. I would peek under the umbrella just to make sure. But I thought, isn't this what it's like with God? You know, we only see a little bit ahead. God sees the whole picture. So we have to walk by faith. We don't really get to walk by sight. We have to trust the one who can see ahead that where we cannot see, and so we have to have a right picture of who God is, and we have to have a good relationship with the one who is leading and guiding us on the faith journey. That's what Abraham did. Abraham was on a journey of faith, but he knew who God was, and he had a good relationship with God, so he trusted God's leading. I'm going to prove it to you. We're going to read in Romans 4, starting In verse 13, and this is the NIV translation, it says this, it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith. Can you say faith? so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against this is our main text here, we're starting here, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God. That being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. But the words that was credited to him were not written for him alone. But for us also, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. This morning, I want to encourage us today, there are four things that we need to step out of into something greater Maybe it's the dancer in me. I used, to, I grew up dancing. It's been a minute since I've done it. But I grew up dancing. But I love the picture of a leap of faith, right? Don't worry, I'm not going to demonstrate it for you in these heels. That could be tragic. But I love the picture. Thank you, Lindsay. But I love the picture of a leap of faith, right? Because it's leaping from something secure. You're there, right? You're secure. You're good. But it's a leap of faith into something greater, You don't know maybe if you're going to make it. Maybe you don't really know what's on the other side. You can't rationalize. You can't reason it. It's a leap of faith that we must take. There are four things that Abraham did this really well in that I want us to catch today. And the first one is this. Abraham leapt out of human hope into God's hope. He leapt out of human hope into God's hope. I don't know about you, but I've read that scripture a million times and I've always thought, God, are you contradicting yourself? What does this mean? In verse 18, where it says, against all hope, in hope, he believed. I'm like, I don't get it, God. It doesn't make sense. You're contradicting yourself. But really what's happening here is we're seeing two kinds of hope contrasted. Human hope versus God's hope. Against human hope, every natural reason not to hope, Abraham in God's hope believed. What is human hope? Human hope is rooted in what you can see. It's rooted in your senses and what you can perceive and understand with your mind. It's rooted in nature and what's all around us. We think about how often we throw out that word. I hope today is sunny. I hope my jeans fit tomorrow. Have you ever been there? I hope that I win the lottery. We throw the word out. It's kind of like wishful thinking at its best. Can I tell you, that's not God's hope. Human hope will disappoint. God's hope will never disappoint. God's hope, can I give you two characteristics of it today? God's hope, number one, is always rooted in what you can't see. Romans 8.24 says it this way, For hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes in what he can see? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. God's hope is always rooted in what we can't see. And number two, and this is my favorite, God's hope is always, can you say always, always attached to a promise. God, when he gives you a promise, he always attaches hope. To the promise. Hebrews 11, 1 says this that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. Ephesians 1:14 says it this way: the very fact that you have faith or hope for it, it's like the down payment guarantee that it's gonna happen. Because when God gives you a promise, he attaches his hope. To the promise. And the fact that you hope for it, it's like the down payment guarantee that it's going to happen. Have you ever bought a house before? Have you ever bought a car before? You know once you put the down payment on it, that thing is yours. That's what hope is. When you have God's hope, it's your assurance. It's the evidence of things that you can't yet see God's hope is always rooted in what you can't yet see and it is always attached to a promise so Abraham he had no natural reason to hope for a baby right he had from a human point of view he could he had every reason to give up on the attempt to produce a child with Sarah but I'm so glad that Abraham did not hope in human hope but he plunged, he plunged two feet in to the promise and in the hope of God. So my question for you today is what or who are you putting your hope in? Are you, do you have human hope today that's wishful thinking at its best? Or have you plunged into God's hope? Maybe you say, I don't have God's hope? Could it be that you have not heard God's promise over your life? Because I promise you, when God gives you a promise, he will attach hope to it. And God's hope will never, ever disappoint. So my question for you, what is your hope in? We need to put our hope in God's hope. Amen. Number two, the second thing that Abraham did really well was he leapt out of his perception and into the promise. My question for you today is, who are you listening to? Verse 18 goes on to say that Abraham believed that he would be the father of many nations because he, listened to God, because he believed what he had been told. I love that. It's so simple. We complicate so often our walk with God. Abraham believed because he believed what he was told. A faith problem is always a listening problem always. Hebrews 10:23 says this that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you have a faith problem, you have a listening problem. It is impossible to have faith without hearing the word of God. I love this Abraham, he didn't listen to his perception. How many of you know your feelings can be very, very convincing? They feel true. They feel right. But Abraham did not put his faith in his perception. He didn't listen to the voice of the enemy. He didn't listen to the opinions of man. But Abraham tuned in to the voice of God. It's simple. He believed what he was told. Could it be that you are not hearing what God is speaking Over your life. We need to listen to the voice of God. And can I tell you that when you hear the word of God, it's a game changer. Have you ever had one of those days where maybe you woke up on the wrong side of the bed? Or maybe you just feel like all hell is breaking out against you? Am I the only one? Has anyone had one of those days before where you maybe feel overwhelmed by life? Maybe you got some bad news? Maybe it feels like, God, where are you? We all have those days, right? We all do. And last week I had one of those days where it just felt like, man, it was like attacks on all sides. And I was like, what is going on? And so, you know, when you feel like that, if you kind of feel justified to just like give into it, right? You feel like, you know what? I deserve a break. I'm just going to take a breather. I'm going to watch a show because apparently my son, that's all I'd like to do is watch shows. The irony is, I never, they're the ones that watch the shows. Am I right? But I love that because, you know, it's like you just feel like you're throwing in the towel, right? And just giving up and just taking a little minute, right? I had one of those days where I, I felt justified that I could have done that. But I said, you know what? How about I'm going to tune in to what God is saying instead. Because my feelings feel really convincing right now. But I'm going to listen to what God says. And can I tell you that the easy thing to do is to give into your perception, That's the easy thing to do. The easy thing to do is to give in to what you feel, what feels true. But in that moment, I decided, you know what? I'm going to tune in to what God says. And I got in my car, and I started saying out loud God's word. And I said, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. He has made me the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. He hedges me in on every side. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so he surrounds me. He is my strong tower I can run into and be safe. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, he shall condemn, and all of a sudden, faith came into my heart again. My hope was renewed. My perspective was changed. Why? Because God's word changes us. Hebrews four twelve says this: that the word of God is alive; it's living; it's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide between soul and spirit, bone and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Do you know that's why when you're thinking that way, your thoughts can be so convincing, right? You just feel like, yeah, this is true. And then all of a sudden you start saying God's word and the word of God just cuts. It cuts between the lies and the truth. And all of a sudden you start to think clearly and you have the right perspective. Why? Because God's word accomplishes what he sends it to do. This is what I love about Abraham. He listened to God. He tuned into what God was saying. Can I tell you, this was not a one-time event for Abraham. He did not listen to God, believe God, and then that was it. And decades later the promise happened. This was a daily choice. A daily choice to remind himself, to rehearse to confess to stir up his faith through the word and promise of God I see Abraham pacing when those when the enemy would try to come in and say it's not going to happen he would start declaring no God said it it's done it's going to happen I don't know how it's going to happen I don't know when it's going to happen but it's going to happen because he rehearsed the faithfulness of God and the word of God have you ever seen those commercials before where it's like the medication right And it tells you, like, take this medication and it will fix this. And 25% of the commercial, they're telling you the benefits of the medication. And then 75% of the commercial, it's like all the side effects that are caused by this medication, right? Now, I'm not anti-medicine here, but I kind of crack up at these commercials because I'm like, why would anybody want to take that? You know, it's like I saw one the other day, and I'm not kidding, it was for headaches. And it said side effects include migraines. I'm like, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I thought this was for headaches. So I can trade my headaches for migraines? No thanks. And then it went on to say an ingredient in this um, medication can cause suicidal thoughts. And I'm like, no thanks. I'm out. I'd rather have a headache, right, than lose my life. You know, I'm I'm just like laughing. I'm like, why would anybody want to take this medicine? But can I tell you, there are some good side effects to the word of God. They're In fact, they're guaranteed side effects to the word of God. And the Bible doesn't say that faith comes from reading the word of God. It says that faith comes from hearing the word of God. There are some guaranteed side effects that come from hearing God's word. The Bible should come with a warning label on it. And if it did, it would look something like this. Warning, side effects include faith renewed hope, a belief in God who can do the impossible. You will find yourself believing for ridiculous and impossible things that could not happen except by God. In some instances, people might think you're ridiculous, strange, or a bit out there. In extreme cases, have you experienced this before? Laughing out loud in amazement, jumping up and down in excitement, and worshiping God may immediately occur. If symptoms do not occur, keep reading out loud until they do. God's word has some guaranteed side effects to it. It promises to produce faith. So if you have a faith problem today, no condemnation. But maybe you have a listening problem. You have not been listening to God's word. And I'm telling you, I know this to be true in my life. It's not enough just to read it. I've got to say it out loud. Because guess what? Your heart believes what your mouth says. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I have no doubt Abraham confessed. He rehearsed. He said, he declared the promise of God. He did not plunge into from his, if he went from his perception and into the promise of God. So my question to you today is, who are you listening to? Let's tune in to the promises of God in our life. Amen? Amen. The third thing that Abraham did really well, and this is maybe my favorite, And I hope you catch this today. I think if we catch this, it's a game changer in our lives. But Abraham, he took a leap of faith from the facts to the face of God. Let me explain. You're staring at one of them. You might not know it, but you are in your life. You are staring at one of these two things. In verse 19, it says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Did you catch that? We're not talking about just one dead body. We're talking about two dead bodies. Don't you think? I just think God loves these kinds of scenarios, right? When you're not just up against one dead end, you're up against two dead ends. It's like being stuck in a room and both doors are slammed shut and there's no way out. But God, I have good news for you today. If if you have a dead area in your life, if you feel like there's some dead things in your life, God is in the business of resurrecting and bringing life. Hebrews 4, or I think it's Hebrews 4, Romans 4, verse 17, it says, he gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. If Abraham can bring life from two dead bodies God's proving a point to us that he can bring life in any area of your life today. But I want us to get this illustration. So I'm going to have my two little, can we give it up for our volunteers up here today? Keela and Megan. Because I really want to drill this, this point in for you today. I'm a visual person. I don't know about you, but I, I like visual things. But, you know, so just to reiterate, he leapt from the, fa- from the facts. Let me see if I got this right. The facts from the face of God. You are staring at one of these two things. But what I love about Abraham is that it says he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. But he didn't stop there, because Abraham understood something. There was something greater than the facts. So he faced the facts, and then he took the facts. Come with me. And then he put them beneath the face of God. Because the Bible says at the name of Jesus, every knee, circumstance, fact, situation, it has to bow to the face of Jesus. Peter got this. When Peter, when God told Peter to walk on water, he stepped out. What happened? When he kept his gaze fixed on Jesus, he walked above the facts. He walked on the water. But what happened when he started to look at the facts? All of a sudden, he looked at the storm, and he looked at the water below, and all of a sudden, he began to sink. Why? Because he was gazing at the facts, and not the face, and the faithfulness of his father. I love this, that Abraham faced the fact that his body was good as dead. Faith, can I tell you today, faith is not about denying your circumstances. Faith, this is not faith. Everything's great, everything's fine. No, that's fake. That's not faith. Faith is not about denying your circumstances. If everything was great, you wouldn't need a great God. If everything was wonderful, you wouldn't need God to be God. But what I love about Abraham is he faced the fact He recognized that he was at a dead end with no way out, but he understood something, that the facts were not final, that there was something greater than the facts. So he faced the fact, and then he took the facts, and he placed them beneath the face, and he said, you have to bow to the face and faithfulness of Jesus. Can I tell you today, you are putting your hope in one of these two things, You are looking either at the facts of your life or you are looking at the face and the faithfulness of your father. I'm telling you, as long as you keep your gaze on Jesus, you will not fall. You will not drown. You will not be overwhelmed. Don't put your hope in the facts. Don't put your faith in the facts. Put your faith in the face of the father. He will never, ever let you down. Can we give it up for our awesome volunteers? So, my question for you today is which one are you staring at? Which one are you staring at? The facts or the father? Abraham did not consider, well, he considered the fact. But then he recognized that there was something greater than the facts. And he put his faith and his gaze on the face of God. Lastly, the thing that Abraham did really well, that we're going to take a leap of faith in today, is we're going to step out of wavering into worshiping. Out of wavering and into worshiping. It says in verse 20, Yet Abraham... Did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised that word waver in the greek it, it it's diacrino i have no idea if i'm saying that right but i just it just sounds good off the tongue is that even greek i don't know i just that's just the accent that came when i read it but it's diacrino my husband can correct me when he's back up here later because it's probably i probably said it wrong but that word diacrino means to don't you just love that word i mean can we just all say it diacrino but you're not going to love the word actually because of what it means. But it means to doubt or to hesitate, to stagger, to be partial. We don't want that. We don't want that. To withdraw from, to separate thoroughly from. It's the same word that we see used in James 1.6 where it says, let him ask in faith with no doubting, no wavering. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Hebrews 10.23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So how did Abraham not waver in unbelief? It's simple. The verse goes on to say, That he did not waver because he was strengthened in his faith as he gave glory to God. So my question for you today is, what or who are you glorifying? Chris talked about this just a couple weeks back. What does it mean to glorify something? It means to bear the image of it. It means to worship it. You will bear the image of whatever it is you're worshiping. And you will reflect that back into the world. So whether it's greed, money, sex, pleasure, relationships, negativity, doubt, fear, whatever it is that you are ultimately worshiping, you will reflect that back into the world. But it says Abraham did not waver because he was giving glory to God. How do we give glory to God? Two ways, through our confession of faith and through our life of obedience. Abraham did these two things really well, and because he did these two things really well, he was strengthened in his faith, and he lived a life without wavering. How many of you want that? Okay, I don't want to be like that person in James that's tossed to and fro with the wind. I don't want to be like that. I want to be someone that I trust God no matter what, without doubting, without hesitation. I believe God. How do we do that? Through our confession of faith and through our life of obedience. As we talked about earlier, Abraham, I know this. I can say this with full confidence, that he had a good confession. He confessed God's word. He confessed God's faithfulness. He confessed the promise over his life. But he didn't stop there. He also obeyed God. He did what God told him to do. We see this in Abraham's life. That God told him to go to an unknown land. And he did it. He didn't hesitate. He didn't get the full picture. Well, wait, God, well, what's going to be ahead? Okay, I have one of those kids that they need to know the full plan. Well, what's going to be ahead? What are we going to do today, Mom? And then what? And then what? And then what? And then what? Does anybody else have one of those kids? They need to to know the full day planned out. They're a planner. She, she's a planner. She's in the front row here. I'm not wired like that. I'm like, I don't know. We're just going to go with the flow, whatever comes up, you know. But she wants to know the full plan. Abraham wasn't like that. He didn't ask God, okay, but then what's going to happen? He just did it. He didn't hesitate. God told Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son, the heir to the promise. Come on. And he listened. He didn't hesitate. He set out to the mountain. Now, thank God he didn't have to do it. God God was testing his faith. But Abraham did not hesitate. He did whatever God told him to do. If God said it, he did it. He listened to the Father. Because faith without works is dead. You can't separate the two. Faith requires action. We show our faith by our actions, by our obedience to God. You can tell if someone's really trusting God by their life. We throw that word out just so easily. I'm just trusting God. I'm just trusting God. Are you really I'm not really sure, you know, obviously God knows the heart. But my point is, is that if someone, th- that is why at the beginning I talked about, it's like that person, you know, where God takes us on the journey. And remember me as a junior high kid, you know, I was like stiff-legged and I wasn't trusting where this person was telling me to go. But you know how God wants us to live? God wants us to live in such a way that we're blinded, we can't see where we're going, but we're just skipping along. I'm not going to skip in these heels, but we're just skipping along, happy as can be. And God says, turn right. And we're like, okay, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to go. And then God says, stop. And you're like, I don't I don't want to stop, but okay, I'm going to stop. And God says, because if you ever felt this way, sometimes God says, back it up. And you're like, God, no, where are we going? We got so far. Have you ever felt that way before? That you're like, God, I'm taking steps backwards. But you know what? The person who trusts God is like, okay, I don't understand. I don't get it. But I trust Trust the one who's leading me. That's the way Abraham lived his life. He did what God told him to do. He did not waver. He did not hesitate. He did not doubt. If God said it, he did it. And he believed God. So how do we give glory to God? Through our confession of faith and through a life of obedience. It's pretty simple. We make it so complicated sometimes. But my question for you today is what Or who are you glorifying? Abraham, he hoped in God because he listened to God, he believed God, and he glorified God. So to sum it all up, and I close here, I want to ask you those four questions one more time. We're going to step out of today human hope, our perception, the facts, and wavering, and into God's hope. The promises of God. We're going to gaze at the face of God. And we're going to worship God. We're going to glorify God through our confession of faith and through our life of obedience. So what is your hope in? Who have you been listening to? Which one are you staring at? And what or who are you glorifying in your life? I don't know about you, but I want to be like Abraham. I want to live a life of great faith. I can't always see, in fact, I never really see where I'm going. But I trust the one who's leading me and guiding me. Paul is clear in the book of Romans. He says that because of Abraham's clinging to faith and doing these four things well, it resulted in the fulfillment of the promise Could it be that there are things that God wants to do in your life and in the life of our church, but a lack of faith could hinder him from doing it? I don't want that to be said of me. I don't want that to be said of you. I want to be people of great faith. And the Bible says, according to your faith, so be it unto you. There are things ahead for you. God has given you a promise. Maybe you find yourself in the waiting season. Maybe you feel like Abraham that you're at two dead ends with no way out. Can I tell you today, take your gaze off of your perception, off of the facts, and begin to look to the face and the faithfulness of your Father. He will never let you down. His timing for you is perfect. His plans for you are good. It says that he knows the thoughts and the plans that he has for you plans of peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. He loves you and he has a plan for your life. And I'm so glad I've found this to be true in my life, that the things that I thought I wanted I really didn't want. God's plans were better than my plans. His ways are better than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Let's live a life of obedience and joy that no matter where God tells us to go, we count it all joy and we go on the journey excited because we know and we trust the one who is leading us to go, amen, amen. I want you to go ahead and close your eyes and I'm gonna pray for us today as we close here. And we're going to close in worship. And I want us to take a step of faith today. We're gonna, I, like, I like doing these, um, the, taking an actual step, doing a step of faith, stepping out of our seat and saying, you know what? Today I am stepping out of where I've been and I am stepping in to something greater today. Maybe for you, you found that you've been doubting, you've been hesitating, you've been afraid to go when God has said to go. We're gonna step out of that today. Maybe for you, you realize you've been, con- you've been considering the facts and you've been stopping there. You've considered the facts, but you haven't considered the faithfulness of your father. Maybe you realize today you've been putting your hope in the wrong things and you wanna plunge into God's hope that will never ever disappoint. Maybe for you, you realize today that you haven't really heard God's promise over your life. And God wants to come today and encourage you. He has a promise. He has a plan for your life. And he wants to give you fresh hope and fresh faith for it today. So if you qualify for any of those, I know I'm lifting my hand. We probably all could lift our hand. But if you say, you know what? I wanna step into a greater dimension of faith today. Can you just lift your hand and I'm gonna pray for us this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You see every hand lifted this morning. Father, I thank you, without faith it's impossible to please you. But God, I thank you today that we are people of faith. We know that you are God and we know that you are good and that you are a rewarder of those who seek you. Father, I thank you today that we are stepping into a greater dimension of faith. Father, I thank you, God, that we're gonna believe like we've never believed before. We're gonna trust like we've never trusted before. Father, forgive us where we have wavered and doubted and we've looked at the facts and we haven't considered your face and the faithfulness of who you are. God, forgive us today. And I thank you, God, you are quick to forgive and cleanse our hearts. And God, I thank you that you're replacing any doubt with faith today. I thank you, Jesus, that we are gonna be a church of great faith. We are gonna believe in you We're gonna believe and consider that you can do anything that you wanna do in our lives. That which is impossible for us is possible for you. So Father, we thank you today that we are on this faith journey, but we are not walking it alone. You are the one leading and guiding us today. We trust you. We commit, again, our trust in you. We say, God, can you just say this? Say, God, I trust you. Wherever you tell me to go, I'm going to go. I thank you, Jesus, that we're going to live lives that glorify you. And as we do that, we are going to be strengthened in our faith. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Can you go ahead and stand? I want us to to sing this song as we close here today. And I'm going to ask if you really feel like God is doing something in your heart. I want you to take a physical step of faith today. I love doing this because I think as we do in the natural, something happens in the spiritual. If you say, you know what, I identified with one of those things today and I wanna step out of where I've been and step into something greater, I'm gonna encourage you to come to the front. You can come right now, you don't have to wait. I love people of faith that are bold. If you wanna come forward as we sing the song or maybe just in your seat, you wanna just take a little step forward, that's okay too. But let's sing this this morning and let this be our faith declaration today. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Capital Christian. We hope you will stay connected by following us online. To find out more information, visit us at capitalchristian.com.